Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. Actually, be concluding our series, Seeing Clearly. Seeing Clearly. We're concluding our series. As you know, we've been teaching out of the parables here in the book of Luke. And today we're going to again turn to Luke. And our scripture is going to begin in chapter 16, Luke 16, beginning at verse 19, Luke 16 and verse 19. And here the word of God reads, it says, there was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every year. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifts up his eyes being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Today we're speaking from the subject, Can I have your attention? Can I have your attention? As you know, we've been teaching of the parables that Jesus taught here in the book of Luke. And we have read and studied up to this point. And we have seen Jesus teaching principles that help us to see things and each other from God's perspective and not from our own selfish human points of view. We've learned so much about being compassionate, about being persistent in prayer, about, uh, about understanding the Father. 
and about chasing after him and being humble and not being arrogant. We understood that we've got to be able to chase and pursue the things of God to help others that are in need and not just ourselves. We've learned all of these things in these parables. But this next parable shows us the ultimate purpose of these teachings. In fact, it is nestled right in the center of all of them. I believe it's like a linchpin holding all of these things together, holding all of these things together. Now, I want you to understand that there are some theologians that look at this text and don't really consider it to be a parable or parabolic teaching because Jesus names the name of the poor man as Lazarus. However, there are many theologians that look and they do consider this to be a parable simply because the spiritual things that are represented in this narrative are of, of good and bad in this world and of the next help to open our eyes to these teachings that Jesus wants us to see. And in fact, part of the reason why Jesus is teaching this lesson, because he just dealt with the Pharisees. He had to finish. He had just taught about having the right perspective on money. And he condemned the Pharisees for their love of money, their ineffectual lust of money, if you will. And that's what brings us to the start of our text today. Look back with me at verse 19. Here in 19, it says, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Here, this rich man had access to every good thing that life had to offer. Every good thing that life had to offer. One day he would eat pheasant under glass. The other day he would eat filet mignon. Whatever it was that he wanted or desired, he could have it and he did. He could do whatever he wanted to do in the marketplace. All of these things because he was just that wealthy. He had all of these things at the, 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 the snap of a finger and at a moment's notice. This rich man, not only did he have all these things, but this rich man had everything and lived without God. He had everything and lived without God. We see that he also died without God. He also died without God. And we're going to get into that in just a few moments. The rich man lived in luxury, never wanting for anything and having no regard for those that were destitute, including poor man Lazarus. Poor man Lazarus. And let me share this with you. I want you to make a note of this. This is important to remember. The indulgence of the body and the ease and pleasures of life can ruin the soul. Let me say that again. The indulgence of the body and the ease and pleasures of life can ruin the soul. It can ruin the soul. Now, let me help bring something uh, a little clearer here. I want you to have clarity into what we're talking about. This doesn't mean that God is against being rich. This doesn't mean that God is against being rich. Not at all. Always remember that scripture teaches this. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but 
in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. This comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. This is Paul teaching the young Timothy, who is a young pastor in an established community with people all around him that are doing well. They're professionals and things of that nature. But here he told them this. He said, listen, charge them that, they not, that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Notice he said, charge them. He did not say, rebuke them. He did not say, reject them. He did not say, turn away from them. He said, charge them. That means give them a responsibility to respond. Give them the responsibility to respond. Charge them that they be not high-minded. Think more of themselves than they ought and think less of others than they should. That they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. Thinking that the riches, what's in your bank account, what's in your 401k program, what's in your IRA accounts, that that is what you put your trust in. Listen, you should put your trust in God who gave you the ability, the wisdom, and the understanding to gather those things, to collect those things, and for things, those things to come to you. Why? Because he gives us all things richly to enjoy in this life. It did not come from you being able to open doors for yourself. It did not come from you being able to start things for yourself. It came from the favor of God that rested upon your life. That's why he said, listen, trust in God and not in those things. They can take those things away from you. But if you have a relationship with God, he can bring restoration and restore you. So he said, teach them, Timothy, to do that. So we should understand this is his perspective of wealth. That it's not that he doesn't want you to have it. He simply doesn't want you, it to have you. He doesn't want it to have you. Doesn't want it to have you. Look with me at verse 20. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Lazarus was destitute and covered with sores. He was going through torment and pain in this life. Here, the, the two men were at the opposite sides of the social ladder or spectrum. Totally different, totally opposite. Here, the rich man was never in want, never in want. But Lazarus, who was a beggar, had to be put at the gate hoping for help. He had to be put at the gate hoping for help. These are the things that Lazarus had to go through. In fact, the rich man had to know that he was there. He had to know that Lazarus was at the gate, but he never invited Lazarus to come and eat at his table. Never invited him to come and eat at his table. In fact, the poor man only wanted the crumbs from his table. Only wanted the crumbs from his table. You know who else gets the crumbs from the rich man's table? The master's table? It's the dogs. The dogs are the one that get the crumbs from the master's table. Remember the woman that came to Jesus and asked her, asked him to help her? And he said, listen, should I give that which belongs to the father, to the kingdom, unto the dogs? Remember what her reply was? Well, master, at least 
the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. At least the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. This was a tradition, long holding in their community. This is what they did. Some people say, why in the world? How they eat that way? You have crumbs everywhere. Remember, they didn't have nice chairs like you have sitting at your table. They laid upon their side, eating in different ways. And so therefore, sometimes things would fall upon the floor. And when that happens, those were actually there for the dogs. Here it is. Lazarus was so in such a situation. He said, I'll take the crumbs. Just give me the crumbs. I can make it off of that. And here he was wanting and desiring that which is typically given to the dogs. Now, by this time in the story, there are some who would have thought that the poor man didn't have a spiritual relationship with God didn't have much of a relationship or spiritual relationship with God at all. Whereas the rich man, you look at him and say, now he must have a wonderful relationship with the Lord. Why? He's rich. He's rich. He's got a nice house. Got all kinds of stuff. Has servants and folks all around. Obviously, he must have a wonderful relationship with the Lord, right? That's what many would think. That's what many would assume. Here, in fact, Jesus, does, Jesus doesn't show the rich man mistreating Lazarus at all. He doesn't mistreat him even though he's rich and he's poor. He doesn't mistreat him, but he was really full. It shows that he was truly apathetic to him. He was full of apathy because here it is. This rich man knows this poor man is at the gate. He even though he didn't invite him in, but he never sent him a plate of food out to the man. Never sent a servant and said, here, give him a plate of food so that he won't have to hunger. He never said, listen, send some salve out and place on his sores so that they can be healed. Go, go help him. Do something. He never used his resources outside of himself. And watch this. The dogs went and licked his sores. So that tells me he didn't even take the crumbs and give them to the dogs. He was just that selfish. Just that selfish that he didn't do any of those things to help. In fact, here was an opportunity to show true charity, but he didn't do it. He did not do it. Now, let's look at verse 22. This is where the parable gets interesting. Look at verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Oh, my goodness. There's so much that's happening here. Notice Jesus doesn't say that the poor man was buried. Even at the end of his life, 
He wasn't buried. Why? Because during that time, if you were poor and you didn't have resources to make arrangements for your remains, oftentimes they took your remains and cast them in other places. In fact, there was a valley that was known during that time, the Valley of Gehana, and they would take the bodies of the poor and cast them over there. And that's where the remains were. And that's what he was, that's his body was simply discarded. Whereas we see that the rich man, he had a proper burial. Oh, and I can see the funeral right now. He simply was there and they came up and said, oh, we're going to miss this poor, this, this old, old rich man. Oh, it's so sad that he had to die. Oh, all of the things that he did. Every time we had a feast. We could have the feast at his home and he would invite all of those who were well to do. All of us he'd invite in and we had a wonderful time at the feast. Oh, and when he would come to the market, oh, he would always patronize us. He was such a wonderful man and he would, oh, he would even send something to the widows and the orphans. He'd write a check. He said, don't bring them over, but, you know, I'll go ahead and do that for him. Oh, he was such a wonderful person. However, I believe God saw things a little differently. He Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.